Hi, this is Brega, DM for Royally Screwed. This episode features music from the group Midnight Syndicate. We would like to take a moment to thank Midnight Syndicate for their permission to use their music for this podcast. You can purchase their music from their website at midnightsyndicate.com. That's M-I-D-N-I-G-H-T-S-Y-N-D-I-C-A-T-E dot com. Welcome to Royally Screwed, a Curse of Strahd actual play podcast featuring a group of motley fools bumming their way through Barovia. Be warned, this is an adult content rated campaign. This means our players use adult language and make jokes of adult nature. Also because of the nature of a horror-driven campaign, there will be descriptions of torture, murder, and other topics that may be disturbing to sensitive listeners. Listen at your own risk and prepare to be royally screwed. Not really? Yeah. I'm excited. All right. Charles says he doesn't want to play. D&D oh, okay. canceled. <laughs> Let's drink. Yeah. Let's all drink. All right. Jesus. Are we ready? Yes. yes. We are ready. We are ready. All right. We are ready. Avocado hats. Avocados from Mexico. Free shavakadu. So you make your way to the Vacher house. So you walk up to the house and man, this house looks like it's just disgusted with itself. Is it like the (laughs) (laughs) The slouching roof hangs heavy over the furrowed gables. And the moss-covered walls sag and bulge under the weight of all the vegetation. And as you study the house's sullen continents, you hear the edifices actually groan. Only then do you realize the extent in which the house hates what it has become. (laughs) However... Compared to the other houses in the area that you have seen in Velaki, this one is fairly decent. Are all the houses here, with the exception of the castle, which we haven't seen yet, are they all just ass? (laughs) I don't think there's a lot of uh, construction details and... Contractors to come upgrade the furnishings and stuff. And no free real estate. So, what are y'all doing? Knocking on the door. I'll knock first. (laughs) Do not. Go ahead and knock for me. 
And I'm not holding back my strength. Alright. No. He's so. gonna break. Alright. No more like. Uh, <coughs> the door still on its hinges? Yeah. <laughs> Just barely. The door shakes with each thud that you hit upon it. Pretty sure the whole house shook. And then, after a few moments, you see a man open the door. And. He looks at you, he's very prim and proper. And he says, good evening. I am Halik. What can I do for you? Salutations, sir. We came uh, to... Food. Yeah. <laughs> we came to accompany we, uh, lady... We don't usually accommodate. Strange individuals off the street. I pull out the invitation. But uh, yeah, I got the invitation. You know. She has a little invitation. No. I have an invitation. So you pull out the invitation and he reads it over and he says, Indeed. Please come in. May I take your coats and belongings? <laughs> we, we, we tend to like having our stuff on. Yeah. He, he looks you over and he says, Please follow me. And you follow him through the door into a, a narrow vegetable. And there's three stained glass doors in wooden frames that lead away from it. He leads you through a stair area where you can smell an assortment of delicious scents wafting from the kitchen, both savory and sweet. And as you, as he, you follow him through the room, you see that the kitchen doors open and you see one of the cooks preparing a roasted leg of lamb and assorted vegetables being roasted. And Elik guides you through the dining room and invites you to take a seat in the adjoining parlor. So you see this ornate dining room that stretches the length of the room. There's a crystal chandelier hanging above it. The silverware is tarnished. The plates set on the table are chipped, but they are still quite elegant. There's 10 chairs. <laughs> I had to count how many of y'all there are. Um, their backs adorned with sculpted elk horns that are surrounding the table. There's an arched window made out of lattice work of iron and glass that looks out into the estate. And the parlor area has three elegant couches surrounding a oval table made out of black glass. And there's a, a fire blazing in the hearth above which hangs a portrait of a smirking nobleman sporting a broken nose 
and tangles of graying hair at his temple. And there's several other smaller portraits of other people that hang on the wall. And he says, do have a seat. Miss Fiona will be with you shortly. And he leaves the room. I'm gonna take a seat. So you sit on the couch. You find it to be quite comfortable. It's a mimic. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a mimic. She said it's a mimic. That looks like having a mimic in your house. Yeah. Who is pet though? For real. What are y'all doing? Uh, I. Just gonna walk around. Yeah. Yeah. See what's up there. Check out the portraits. You see portraits of an elegantly dressed woman and the man that is in the main portrait together. Um, you see pictures of two men, slightly younger, but you recognize them as the two men that were in the. Yes. <laughs> and you also see. A portrait, smaller portrait of who you recognize to be Stella Vacher, the woman that you could see in the mirror in Victor's workroom. You see a couple of doors that lead out of the room, and then the the, the fire. It's always cold in Barovia, especially with the no one to cuddle with. Look on the mantle of fireplace and smell the air. You feel a slight breeze coming from the fire, and give me a perception check. Perception? Since you said you're smelling. Yeah. Just kind of sniffing the air. I smell bad. <laughs> Fifteen. Fifteen. So you catch the scent of someone else in the room. Kind of. And so you look, and it appears to be coming from the fire. Well, there's a scent of another person coming from the fire. Mm-hmm. And a uh, it's on the breeze coming from the fire. Oh, it's kind of odd to get on the breeze, but the fire is warm, right? The fire is indeed warm. It is fire. Weird. Like, I yeah. I will investigate the fire and look closer and see if I can see anything in it. Give me an investigation. What the fuck? I'm just looking at him like, alright. Is it like noticeable? Like, we would all notice that smell? Or is it like 17? No, just him because of his werewolf. 17. 17. So as you look and examine the fireplace, you bend down to look at the fire. You notice that this is 
the style of fireplace that it actually is warming two different rooms. Oh, so there's something on the other side. Yes. You able to look through it to the other room. To another room. And you can see the legs of someone on the other side in the other room. Um, so I'm assuming... That's you. I'm gonna just barge in there and be like, yo, bro, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Curl through the That's pipe. not anything you don't get a sense of somebody about to come attack you and kill you or something. Yeah, but I don't want to... There's just somebody in another room. Okay, so I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. I don't want to, like, just start wandering around the house and wait for Miss Theon to come down and do it. So... Marina. Has... where Where are you? Uh... Because I was looking at the portraits as well, so okay, probably somewhere around. All right, not like right up on his tail. Plask, where are you? I'm sitting. Uh, oh, I already took a seat at the table. You're at, you're sitting. Okay, where are you? Stat. Stat. I'm sitting. So the three of y'all that are sitting, you notice a young woman. About 16 years of age, wearing a white nightgown and slippers, standing in the open doorway that leads back to the staircase in the front entrance where you just came through. She seems to be staring at you, but as you look closer, she seems to be staring through you. As if she is just staring into space. She doesn't make contact with the eye contact with you or anything. She's just standing there staring. And you recognize her as the girl that is in the mirror. Is she corporeal or is she no. No, she is definitely physical. This is her body. That's right. Her spirit's elsewhere, but the body is here. Like oh, I thought that meant that she was just um, basically bedridden. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh-huh. Apparently not. So, a moment later, you notice a young man. One of the men that you recognized from the Blue Water Inn that you believe they said was named Nikolai. Nikolai comes down the staircase behind her and you hear him say, Stella, how did you get down here? And he sees the three of y'all looking at her and he says, I I apologize. I will get my sister out of your hair. And he starts bringing her leading her back up the stairs. Do you require any assistance, Nicola? No, I, I believe we can get her upstairs. But thank you for that. My my mother will be down. I will make sure that she knows you're here. Look at the and you And you watch as he guides quite lovingly you know, he's not rough with her or anything. 
as he guides his sister back up the stairs into through a doorway at the top of the stairs. What if one of the brothers were little shits that talked very loudly? What's this? Maybe only when they're drunk. They're also at their home with their mother right now. True. You don't want to misbehave in front of your mom. A few moments later, Lady Vacher enters. You see a middle-aged woman. She's probably about 45 to 50. With neatly done hair, blue eyes, finely dressed, like Glenn Close. Glenn Close. She enters the parlor and she apologizes for the disturbance of her daughter. It's okay. She introduces herself. I am Lady Vacher, Fiona Vacher, and I want to formally welcome you into my home. I thank you for accepting my invitation. And she sees the three of y'all that are sitting and she sees the rest of y'all standing. She goes, please do have a seat. And she kind of looks at you and she goes, are you able to have a seat? (laughs) And as you take your seat and make yourself comfortable, she kind of claps her hands. And Halik, the guy who answered the door, arrives bearing a tray of wine glasses. And he hands you each one. And he goes to hand Lady Vacher one, and she politely declines and says, actually, Halik, I would like a glass of brandy. She looks, she goes, would anyone else prefer some brandy? What is brandy? Yeah, I'll take them. Yeah. There's all we have at once, didn't you? What's brandy? It's alcohol. Well, yeah, but, like, what is it? It's, it's kind of like brandy. whiskey. Yeah, like, it's kind of like whiskey. Brandy's like a derivative. Mm. Is it a derivative? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll take, I'll take some. And she says, Really, just grab the decanter and the glasses for our, our guests. We'll have Brandy all around. Yep. We're getting fucked. The snow spirit made from fruit-based wine. Mm. Sounds kind of good. Nothing so, like. as the brandy is passed around, she goes, I have heard so much about you. So you said she's a Glenn Close lookalike? Yes. Like, is she like... Corella DeVille looking like, very sophisticated with the- She's very sophisticated. You could tell she comes from aristocratic blood, but not- Wearing puppy fur? No, not wearing puppy fur. Um, She's aloof. You could tell that she um, comes from, like I said, comes from aristocratic blood, but she does not seem snooty. Okay. All right. She's not giving off the air that she's above you and you're beneath her. She looks her. like little clothes. So Vacher looks at each of you and she goes, I've heard so much about you and your deeds around town since you came to our, our little town of Vallaki. 
but I'd love to hear more about how you find the town of Velaki. Great town. Little man recommend this clothes to me for party. She she looks at you and she looks at each of you and she goes, I'm so glad to see that you are so well dressed and show great care in your appearance. Federer, great dresser. <laughs> very, very nice. Be aware that uh, Frederick wants to fire your book. Like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got Thermos David. You say his name. Imagine we spent all dinner. I, he just keeps talking about that drink. <laughs> I was not aware that he wished to be part of my club. I don't think he exactly fits in for our clientele. How so? We read very different type of literature than what I think is his taste. Indeed. You said a harlotin? Harlotin. Oh, harlotin. Cheesy ass romance novels. Bustier ripping her breasts, her heaving white breasts. (laughs) I feel like he might be more into it than you think. Mm, wait, so if this is a cult, why are they re- reading basically uh You don't know it's a cult, shut up. True. Well, with the way she described it... She never said it. No, she just said she reads literature, that's not... Or not, the way, not the way she described it, how the way uh, Phineas and Ferb described it. <laughs> I don't Phineas remember. Phineas and Ferb? Von yes. Zipper? Yes, Zipperman. How he described it, it sounded like a cult. Well, at any rate... One zipper gave us a discount on our clothes, so we had that I'll be sure to pass on the information. His request was was presented to you. And it's nice to know that you are a man of your book. Frederick, great man. Say close a trap, just like... What's her name? <laughs> Fiona? Fiona, yeah. Fiona Vacher? Yeah. I say... He says, plastic clothes drab, just like watching. <laughs> Very beautiful clothes. <laughs> Very drab? <laughs> yes, drab, beautiful. <laughs> she just <laughs> kind of looks at you. No, she says, brand new to you. <laughs> That's very good to know. <laughs> I'm glad to hear his kind words. <laughs> his craftsmanship skills are quite extraordinary. Kind of like my maids, who never can quite sweep the floor properly. I thought she was. For a minute there, I thought she was going to hit on you and say, like, the craftsmanship is good, just like your muscles. I was like, please don't put on that rock. <laughs> I was like, don't do that, please. Okay, well, mission accomplished. <laughs> that was good. So how do you find Velaki? Just like... Very... It's not home. It's definitely never sunny here. That's for sure. 
Indeed, the sun never does shine. In Barovia. It is always cloudy in Barovia. It's definitely a lot more welcoming to me, because I'm not a very big fan of the bright sun that I'm used to. But it, it fits my mood at times. It's definitely very dark and gloomy here. Indeed. And the last three months have been very hard for me. Um, you saw my daughter. You did. And she, my, my, my daughter is the son of my life, or was, was extinguished mysteriously just a few months ago. And it seems that her mind is in quite the vegetative state. And so we've tried everything we could to alleviate her illness, but nothing has succeeded. And so the gloom tends to fit my personnel hell that I am in. Ten years ago, I, I lost my husband, and so my children were really all I had left. I, I have... Oh, no. We know what's going on with the question is, do we know it? Well, yeah. That's why I was... Uh, was that the reason you invited us to his dinner, perhaps? Oh, no. Um, oh, okay. My... One of my servants tends to keep his eyes and ears open throughout town. And Ernest has come to me and told me about events that have happened in town. You stepping in or an individual who was being mistreated by the Burgomaster, as well as the events that happened at the chapel in town. And I figured that people who are willing to put their own necks on the line are worth meeting. What's your relationship with the, uh, the Burgomaster? No. <laughs> well, Slowly tiptoeing into it. <laughs> that is definitely a loaded question. Yeah, I kind of picked up on what seems to be some tension between both of your family, but, uh, you know, not knowing exactly what the issue there is. Curious. Why do you guys seem to be acting for each other's throats, I guess? It's a matter of difference on what is best for Velaki and its people. The Velakovich family has ruled Velaki since its very first patriarch, Boris Velakovich, founded the town nearly 500 years ago. And they claim that they have royal blood in their veins. 
and they've always believed themselves to be superior to all the others in the valley. And the current Baron is no different. Well, from our own experiences with the current Baron, we definitely have seen how arrogant he can be. He doesn't seem to just care much for the general populace of the city. Vargas has some strange beliefs when it comes to how to run this town. He's a firm believer that the Devil's Strahd is a punishment for the sins of Barovian ancestors. And he therefore has always had this strange fixation on the idea that happiness may one day allow all Valachians to return the sunlight to the valley. And so he hosts like monthly festivals that are always absolute dull affairs. Trust me, the man wouldn't know a festival if it slapped him in the ass. We were told not to talk bad about festivals here. Oh, well, this house has a different set of rules than the rest of the town. The festivals are a waste of time. They do not boost anyone's morale. It's very hard to boost somebody's morale when you tell them that they have to attend or they shall be punished. Or that you will be criminalized for malicious unhappiness. So most of the lawbreakers, those that don't enjoy the festivals, usually end up in the stocks. Select few have been taken to the Burgomaster's mansion for rehabilitation, and is a waste of everybody's time. But you're still required to go to these festivals. Everybody's required to go, and in the last three months, it's been really bad, because for a while, Strahd was asleep. But three months ago, Strahd awakened. So, once... Vargas realized that Strahd was awake, then the somewhat harmless beliefs that he had have become an obsession, fixation of his. And he's institute now weekly festivals where they used to be, you know, once or twice a year. Well, seems like he's desperate to find a way to in the madness of the sea, even if it's misplaced. Well, I think I think y'all proved firsthand that his festivals do absolutely nothing to keep Strahd away from this town. No. And then there is always the topic of Ezek. Lobster. Lobster. Mr. Crab. So, Isaac is an interesting situation. So, the Baron brought Isaac here, and Isaac was back to him. And the boy was orphaned, found in the woods. 
Oh shit, he's got a complicated backstory. He lost his younger sister and his arm, both in a wolf attack. So that's why he was a strange arm? Yes. His current arm Well, his... When he arrived here, he had no arm. Um, no arm, no parents. Parents were killed. His sister's body was never recovered. And Isaac grew up being mocked for his disability. But then his tormentors started coming up missing. And then the teasing abruptly stopped. Nobody's ever found. Rumors persisted that Isaac, who was large and quite violent, murdered them himself. They were stupid for a minute. What of them were violent. It's like bullying a bully. <laughs> so Isaac grew. Six years passed. He was about 16. He somehow obtained a new arm to replace the one that he had lost. And that arm resembled that of a devil more than anything. Curiously, the day that Isaac grew his new arm came the day that Baron Blokovich announced it was announced that the previous Baron had passed away in his sleep. Mm. Strange coincidence, I don't believe it. No, you and I share that. So, his arm allows him to wield great power. And it seems that it also gave him the ability to magically conjure fire. That's and great. Vargas put that to great use in protecting himself. So music became his watchdog. Mm. This adds a little more light on the character. I don't have any love for music. Three months ago, he showed up at my door with my daughter in tow. No explanation, but you saw the state that she's in. Prior to that, she was quite a vivacious, happy young lady. So she started hanging out with Victor the Lockpitch. What's wrong with uh, Victor the Lockpitch? It's The last name alone. Shouldn't judge him just by the merit of his last name. Seems like a stand up guy. Yeah. Yeah, he talked about him, he was really good. Yeah. Well, he had a <laughs> by chance run in with the individual. He didn't seem all that like his name. So. I originally had no issues with Victor himself, but. With no explanation of what happened to my daughter 
and just having and knowing she was in his company, the fact that Isaac just drops her off at my doorstep with no explanation, enough to make me not like the young man. I think he is a unsavory. I don't know much about the boy, other than I know he hides behind his father's name. He's trying to get out from the shadows of his father. He wants to leave his father's house so badly that he's doing things that he shouldn't be knowing. To try to achieve those goals. Well, the fact that the Volokovichs and Isaac obviously did something terrible to my Stella. And even if they did not, their cold refusal to assist or to even commiserate about her illness just proves that. Vargas is unfit to rule, and if he was to be taken out, Victor is also unfit to rule. Victor has no desire to rule. As I said, he wants to get out from his family name and leave and be done with this place. Well, there's not a whole lot of places for him to go even if he were to get out from under his father's thumb. And I guarantee that Isaac would not let him get far. If we could somehow help with your daughter's illness, would you be more into a meeting and talking with Victor? If you assist in my daughter's illness, where does that bring Victor into this situation? That's not Victor helping him with this situation. Well, we think with the uh, type of illness she may have, we might have a better understanding with dealing with this type of issue. My feeling is that Victor knows a lot more about what has happened to my daughter than... One moment. Bring it in. Bring it in. I don't want to lie to her. Persuade? Send it. All right. Send it. <laughs> All right, everyone wrote a persuade. <laughs> See who has the best tongue. Right. Yeah, I got a four. 19 oh. plus <clears throat> persuasion. 19 plus Let four. me see what I want y'all to roll. Okay. What are y'all about to do? I mean, I'm not trying to. <clears throat> persuasion. What are you trying to persuade her of? No idea. He and just. It's like we're just going to That's you. why I'm. Uh, and hopefully she's not so mean about it. Yeah. I'm gonna roll. Cause yeah, I don't know what else we can. You can give me a charisma. 
Oh, yeah. I don't have good crystal. Alright, fine. Okay. We use my 19. Let me see. Nat 20. There we go. There you go. What's my 19? What's my. What's he got nat 20, baby. So, you've got a nat 20 on charisma. What are we doing with Lady Vacher? Let me whisper in your ear, Mom. Hey, Lady. Hey, little Mama. Let me whisper in your ear. Let me tell you something you might like to hear. It's free real estate. There we go. My charisma is plus two. It makes me weak. Luckily, I will have 20. I have a plus zero. <laughs> but I also uh, get a 21. But it, you get it. Um, Lady Vacher. Please, Kiana. What? And you. Madame Fiona. You know, I've, I've yet to catch each of your names. My name is Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yes, I've heard you're kind of the leader. God damn it. (laughs) It's a lot. I did that just because I know he hates it. Um, As you probably already could tell from our previous part of the conversation, you've already met Victor. I gathered as much. Victor has a very high affinity for your daughter. Of course, he would never make that known to you just because of the marriage of his last name. Understandably so. Um, and I told you that Victor was dabbling in some magic that I should know to get away from this current situation. Um, there might have been an incident that caused the current condition of your daughter. An incident? An incident, yes. Would you care to elaborate on an incident? <sighs> before we start, before I go on and further, I just want to say that he's terribly sorry for what <laughs> happened. And I rolled a nat 20. <laughs> I rolled a nat 20, so I'm good, right? <laughs> Victor wants nothing but the best for your daughter, and he's desperately trying to. I can her. tell, let me. Let me tell you how much I could tell. He has yet to show up at my house to check on her to see if she's any better. Well, there's a reason for that, ma'am. Your daughter isn't here. Your daughter is with him. My daughter is upstairs in her room. No, what's up in her room right now is a husk of a person. Her spirit, her soul, is with Victor. So you were saying that Victor killed my daughter, and yet her body is upstairs. Your daughter's not dead, but her soul and her body have been split, so to speak. In some sort of theory. Sir. I'll give you some background. Just let me finish. (laughs) I know this sounds kind of... This sounds very strange, right? Um, how much of the brandy have you had, sir? Not as much as you would think. You're you're not very good at holding your liquor. I bet I could drink you on the table any day, man. Resent the outrageous statement. I digress. But I Um, it's it is true. Fuck. No, you motherfucker. The leader is talking, man. 
Alright, I'm, I'm being the leader right now. <laughs> Let me give you some background. So you have the full picture of what's going on. So we went to the Burgermaster's house to use his library. Alright, we had to get in there and take a look at some books. Or something else we were doing. He wasn't willing to let us go in there and just use his library free of charge. But Not surprisingly, a stingy bastard. Yes. But he did have a problem that he wanted us to help him with. You see, he seemed to believe that his house was haunted by some spirit. And so we agreed to investigate the matter and maybe, hopefully, try to rid his house of said spirit. Uh, that's where we found Victor and talked to him. And come to find out that the spirit is not actually a ghost at all, but the soul, the essence of your daughter Stella. See, Victor was trying to construct a teleportation circuit in his attic room to try and escape his father's house. Not only There's his a front house, door he could walk out. Beyond that, man, he's trying to escape Barovia as a whole. Well, doing some testing, you know, uh, he sent some cats through with some, you know, Strange results. Uh, he thought he had the circle working properly, and uh, well, they needed a human subject to test it. And your daughter Stella volunteered to basically test it. Um, unfortunately, a, a minor mishap occurred. A minor? A unforeseen. Yes. Well, that's what's struggle. Good. She stepped into the teleportation circle, but instead of, uh, you know, her entirety of her being being transported, only her soul was and her body remained. Transported to where? Well, she's still here. That's the good news. So, basically, her body and her soul are separated. Both alive but separate. So, Victor has been desperately trying to figure out how to reverse the process, to recombine said soul and body into one, so that she'll be essentially cured of her current affliction. Now, again, how much time do you have to <laughs> Yes, this does seem super far-fetched, yes. but what he speaks is the truth. And as I said, Victor is terribly sorry. But it did also have to come down to Stroud waking up, which kind of made the teleportation portal malfunction. Properly as. There is there's one minor pickup. Uh, one minor, as in my daughter's soul and her body being separated would not be a minor. Okay, please go on. Alright, I'm just going to cut to the point. The longer your daughter's soul and body are separated, the less likely they'll be able to rejoin. So, let's bring my daughter over the Burgermaster's home and rejoin her soul. I don't think it's quite that simple, man. Victor has been struggling to find a way to rejoin the two halves. And to do so, he's going to need 
some specialized items. Define specialized. I don't fucking remember. Also, historian. Yes, I can. <laughs> historian. Those are he, he needs like a. Well, he wanted the. He's st- amber or something. Like that? No, no. no. It's like he wanted the staff from the tower. The staff. Uh, but no, the was, staff is something different. He just wanted that. Yeah. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted something. He needed three things, wasn't it? Dude, I have no fucking. I have no idea. I have All no, I know is he needed something. I have no remember. Oh, you don't. All I have to say is one word, and you will probably oh, remember right you away. You gotta find the hag, right? What? Oh, the bone grinder. The hag did it. A hag's head? Do we gotta. Well, um, unfortunately, we ain't going there anytime soon, so fuck that one. Mm-hmm. We will try what we can. We cannot. So, in order to reverse said. Not really a spell, but just condition. He's going to need the head of a hag. No, it's not the head of a hag. Yes, it is. It's the heartstone. Yeah, the heartstone. The heartstone from the hag. Marquenta. No. I'm thinking Skyrim. Remember the hag's <laughs> the head? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which will be at the windmill. I don't want to go to the windmill. But is the stone, stone on one of the hags, or is it in the windmill? It's on. It's on the main. It's, it's on, on Marquenta. I was it was a chance that was like. Put someone sneaking in that shit. I'll stand outside. So we have a couple ropes, right? Like we have two ropes. Yeah, two ropes. Who are here? That's yeah, cool. you get me in class anywhere near the end. They're fine. They're gonna hear us. Do yeah. you understand the words that have come out of my mouth? And no, it's not the brandy popping. I tried to so So you're saying that there's a chance that my daughter can be restored to me. There's a good chance. And that Victor can do it. Victor will only do it if he wants to do it. But in order to do it... We need the heartstone from the next. From Morgantha? Morgantha. Morgantha. Oh yes, Morgantha is well known. So yes. If you can give us an army, we'll go in there. <laughs> I cannot give us an business. army. <laughs> But my book club. Oh. Okay. And believe me when I tell you that Victor wanted to approach you and tell you all this himself. <laughs> but as I've already said, you could see why that would be a bad idea for me. And as you know, Isaac already keeping super tabs on him. Why is for him? Travel here and speak about such matters. <laughs> She's cool. I can understand. Is she cool? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you were saying your book club? My book club. So, do I look as though I run a book club? My no. green friend? One must die. One must die. I just look at her like. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll take this to the table in one moment, because there are things I need to discuss with you. But on this topic... Which I know is one hell of a topic to breach when we just came into your home. Oh, and it, it just adds more fuel to the fire of what I want. 
to talk to you about. Someone's ready. I believe in transparency is the best policy. Well, I will be transparent with you. I do not have a poor Mr. Von Zipper will be sorely disappointed that we are not reading the last year. Well, I guess I'll give him the 50 gold. <laughs> but I have a quote. I knew it. It's a cult. Hey, the way the way the way Frederick described it, I kind of figured it was a a cult of sorts. So they are my eyes, my ears, my your sense of my smell. arm of cow, and your sense of smell. Okay, I'll stop. You said eyes, ears. I needed to finish it. And they're quite talented. Definitely together. They can throw spells with you guys as the brawn. We could definitely take on more Gantha and get a heart stone from them. So I'm assuming she's not just a little elderly old lady pushing a cart selling hamper. Oh, not at all. Ah, oh, Morgantha is a hag. And I don't just mean an old woman unattractive. I mean, she is a powerful witch. Um. She has two daughters. Lord knows who the hell would have impregnated her not once but twice. Someone get this probably not by choice. This <laughs> is Barovia. It was Strahd. What more? <laughs> I'm not even sure Strahd would go there. <laughs> but Margantha has two daughters. Um, Bella and Ophelia. And all three are witches. So we have a coven of witches. Yes. Absolutely splendid. But I have cultists. And what can your cultists do that would aid us in our quest to find this heartstone? We all know that witches are extremely powerful in their own because mm. they are even more deadly. This more is powerful. More power, baby! Unless you bind them. You bind them in a circle to the material plane. You render them pretty useless. They still do some damage. I'm assuming at that point we'll be forced to children. No big loss. It's a full package. We'll be ready for this time. Just ask some questions. You go right on it. Roll that nat 20 again. Exactly. My charisma. Okay, so you're saying we 
the salt that's covering the winches with your book club. My book club. And we acquired the heartstone, and then you can hopefully help Victor return your daughter to her normal form, so to speak. Is it easy and easy? And I would be extremely grateful to have my daughter back. Have you met my sons? Oh, you mean, uh, Udo and Tito? Yeah, we know. They're, they're not the most intelligent. Nikolai and Coral. 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 Yeah, we uh, we met them at the uh, in the tavern, and they were you know, grabbing up my teeth. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, I'm not going to bat enough your own children in your own house, but uh, you know, yeah. they were a little rowdy. <clears throat> so. Let's take this to the table. I'm hungry. I'm sure you are. Yeah. We'll continue this conversation because just because I say that I have solutions, your scenario that you present before me is pretty far-fetched to think that my daughter is able to walk up and down the stairs, but has no soul, has no... Well, I will add that that, that was sort of a surprise to us as well, to see her downstairs on her own. But I figured she'd be pretty much bedridden at this point. She wanders. She wanders the house. And that's why I find your story, which may, maybe you believe to be true, but maybe this is just a cruel prank that Victor is playing on me. Well, but first, let's sit at the table. Let us <laughs> Let us... Eat. Just spread a wonderful. <laughs> All right, so you sit at the table and. Huh? I just finished my food. <laughs> That's right. They bring out the roasted leg of lamb, platters of vegetables, and um, baked breads, fresh cheeses. I want some cheeses. And the it's all laid before you on serving platters. She says, please, I know you must be hungry. And we will discuss some propositions. Maybe we can work together to do a few things. As long as they don't get us killed. Pretty good food. Out of character. Have they served the alcohol yet? Yes. Brandy, brandy. You had wine and brandy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. All right, I raise my glass. To Frederick, to beautiful trap, Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> she cautiously takes a sip of her wine. Says, 
To my emerald friend. To Von Zipper. <laughs> to Frederick. And <laughs> Drab Fiona. Yeah. To Stella and her soul. Thank God she's not a cat. Hurry! <laughs> uh, I have my own proposition for you all. You've been in this town now long enough to see the general morale of the town folk. I'm going to choose my words very cautiously. There are many in Velaki who are uncomfortable with the Velakoviches ruling, and they would prefer to see fresh leadership. So, I know you want the Velakoviches out, and I'm going to take a stab in the dark here that the Vacher family should be in. Do I necessarily say that the Vacher family should be in? Not necessarily. I think somebody needs to step up leadership for this town that cares more about the people of this town than they do about their own name. Can I ask who you might have in mind for that several? Is there anyone here that would fit the bill? Would I be against taking that role myself? Not necessarily. So let's go ahead and call what it is in the power room. Not necessarily. I would be happy with the Marcos family. <clears throat> being in power. As I think that they would rule this town, provide leadership with the citizens of this town in mind. Now, knocking out the Lee family, wouldn't that cause a power vacuum? I do not want to knock them out. I don't, I'm not asking for blood on Velakovich blood on anyone's hands. But I do think this town would definitely benefit from a change in power from where it's been for the last 500 years. I mean, based on what we've seen, I'd say we agree with that. But can it be done without Russia? Yes and no. Blood would have to be spilt, but only one person's blood. Does his name have to be Vargas? No, I do not want to see Vargas dead. Then who? I do Isaac. You would, one would have to remove Isaac from the equation in order to get Vargas to step down. What? <clears throat> but with Isaac being out of the picture, why would that cause Vargas to want to all of a sudden give up his power? Vargas's power comes only from the fear that the people have from Isaac. And that is no way to rule or lead a town. So you're saying if Isaac is removed from the formula, from the equation, then the people would be more willing to stand up against Vargas and remove him forcibly from power? Either remove him or 
Vargas would probably step down. Especially if Vargas thought that he was next in line. And then how would the next Burgomaster of Vallaki be elected as well? Would there be a general election among the people? People could select who they want. This is not a power grab. This is what is in the best interest of the people. I am the Senate! <laughs> the Senate will decide your fate. No. The people... No. The people are fearful. <clears throat> and... Isaac is a cruel individual. Just from the little bit that we've interacted with him, we can see that he uh, has some anger issues. And he seems to be not the uh, the best sort of chap to hang around. Why... Why is Isaac so loyal to Vargas in the first place? Because Vargas is the one that brought him to Velaki after his parents were So he sees Vargas as sort of a father. Protector. Protected See. him when he was young, and now Vargas is protected by Isaac. And Vargas, does he share the same equivalency in the relationship with does he look at him as a son or I don't. just as a protector? I don't believe so. I think to Vargas, Isaac is just an instrument to hold power over those who are much, much weaker. Well, my next question would be if it would be possible to, I guess, prove to Isaac that that's how Isaac. Vargas would feel, but just giving on. What I know about his character up at this point, to me it seems like he would be unapproachable. Music is absolutely faithful to the Baron and would not be straight. So what if we cut off his lobster arm and then point finger the lap? We might run out of time. <clears throat> I doubt that. Just like his old family friends Until he killed them? Yeah. No, they just wait for something. Now, and they just now, now. Okay. And I can propose this in such a way that blood would not necessarily be on your hands. But I have no qualms about dispatching these Well, the problem with dispatching is that music is strong. And if you attack him outright, you are going to have to deal with the town's guards. Not that we can learn the way of I'm just saying that I don't have any qualms with Staining my weapon with his blood, it meant having to do so just based on what kind of person he is. He's an Irina as a rage. Yeah, he was uh, he's infatuated with the, the yeah. Rodeo girl. You need a little tip Again, with the issue with physically attacking him <clears throat> is that it would be obvious that he was physically attacked. No, if they don't find a body, they don't find a body. What's a good thing? Eat him! Uh, I deal with water. 
<laughs> you don't have to necessarily go into details of how we're going to get rid of it. But I have a huge question to ask you. And that question is, why should any of us at this table care about what happens in this country? We are... You don't have to. But... What would be advantageous um, for us if we were to go through with this and... Obviously, it would be a nice thing to do for the people of the town. And that's what I'm, I'm thinking, is after hearing from one of my servants that you stepped up for an older lady in town after she was manhandled. Did it happen to mention something? And you weren't even bitten yet. No, yes, that was, he was. Oh, you were there. Okay. That was <laughs> yeah, before. That was before I. Uh, you took that. Yeah. Was a little. I am. Woozy. Maybe my. I'm mistaken. Mistaken in thinking that you are good-hearted and compassionate. We're definitely compassionate, but you got to understand that we have our own problems that we're desperately trying to work through. Right I mean, obviously you know we're not from here. And we want to get home. We don't belong to this. Which leads me into my next question, actually. How do we know? What is your opinion of the board of this land? Scribe von So, if we, we share a, a little story, it might help you understand my ties to Strahd. There was Barovia, Balaki, Kress, the land's three lights of civilization. Did you know, however, that there was a fourth town? There was a fourth town, a fishing village named Berez, built on the banks of the Luna River. That is, you know about Berez. No, you don't. Well, the two werewolves said they were heading to Berez. No, they were heading to Kress. Kress oh, and Berez sound too similar. So, that's to probably what it is. So there was a, a fishing village on the banks of the Luna River, mm-hmm. not that far south from here. In its prime, it was a bustling and thriving place full of life, hope, laughter. And then one day, more than about 300 years ago, the village burgomaster defied the will of Strathlon. The details have been lost in time. But the histories make it clear that Berez thought itself able to challenge the devil's rule. Whether it was pride, desperation, mere foolishness, I can't say. Let me guess, they were wiped off on that. They made a grave mistake. Uh, Zarvich did not argue. He did not negotiate. He simply commanded the Lunar River to rise 
and the river obeyed. The waters swallowed Perez whole. No buildings left standing. Very few lives were spared. The survivors found themselves lost, adrift, and broken. Most of them found their way up north to Milwaukee, where they struggled to forge new lives for themselves among the ruins of the world. What did Defiance earn Berez? Marsh, some few broken stones, a stark, cold warning to anyone who might follow their paths. Everyone here lives under Zarovich's rule, and surviving requires pragmatism. A lord at peace can be reasonable, even ignored with sufficient reassurance paid, but a vengeful lord cannot be put aside so easy. Defiance leads to nothing but destruction. Brez learned it the hard way. And I feel it's our duty, our obligation to both our ancestors, to our children, and to the generations that'll come after us to take that lesson to heart and not defy strong. I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, no one whispered. I think she might be. I miss, yeah. It's call call it is what it is. You sim- not necessarily sympathize with Strahd, but you're not going to go against him for fear of what happened to Beretta's happening here. Or anywhere. My, my first priority is to protect this town and its people. I have great love with people that are here. I do not wish to see anything happen. Now, will I oppose Strahd? No, I will not. Will I oppose you opposing Strahd? If that's what you were to choose to do, I won't lift a finger to help you, but I also won't lift a finger to stop you. It's not a choice you have to make. It's a a certainty. It's what we have to do. I merely ask and whatever you do, you do not harm Balaki as you do. We would never intentions out to harm the innocent. We would never get anyone involved in this. Uh, that doesn't blame me. But everything you told me earlier about the way the Burgermaster is treating this town and trying to make a better life for the people here. While it's true that maybe you will improve their lives to a certain degree, no one here will ever be happy while living under the shadow of straw. Well, I, I don't begrudge others the hope that this valley may one day not be under Strahd's control. I don't seek to destroy that hope or bring pain when it's unnecessary. But I do believe right now that our people must bend like a willow in order to survive. 
Sometimes that weight's pretty hard to bear. But one day I hope to see a new dawn rise with the sun. So, yes, the golden sun. Please shine down. <laughs> Alright, well. So, maybe we can get help with our side. Yeah, but. Uh, no, we can't count you as an ally against our crusade against Rob. But. You can't count her as an enemy. Right. You won't stop us, but you won't hate us. You won't find me to be your enemy. And we won't get the town involved in anything we might do to further our goals and stop. And again, it's not our intention to bring his wrath upon any town or village or any person in this land. Right now, I look at small steps and the first of those small steps is to bring even a little bit of happiness and peace to the people here in this town. And again, to do that, I do believe we need to remove bar- the Baron from his position of power. Okay, so we do that by getting rid of music. And the Baron steps down, and you or someone else of Strong moral character steps up. Correct. I will reward you if you can do this. You take down music. There is a whole storeroom silvered weapons in the guardhouse. But I will let you have your pickup, whatever you want, including Isaac's silver axe. Where is the storage looking? It's well guarded, honey. She has to take to break in. Yeah, she'd have to take power first, and then allow you to go in to take silver. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, I. Take so, to a vote. what should we do first? Take care of your daughter's situation or get you into power? Again, this is not about getting mm-hmm. me into power. Well, removing, blood. Yeah, removing the current burden that's the way see. So, we take care of Visa and change the power of this town, then I can easily get my group, about four or five, where we can travel to Morganthus, and we'll take care of that situation. Because Isaac Obviously, is hiding something in regards to my daughter, and I question if we tried to do that first. And you're saying my daughter is trapped in the Burgomaster's home? Mm-hmm. 
So getting my daughter's shell. Well, at least have easier access to her. Without Isaac there. That being said, I must warn you that with each passing hour, the connection between her soul and her body grows weaker. And we shouldn't wait too long on this, should we? Nope. Alright, I know where Isaac's house right now. <laughs> I don't suggest I'm just kidding, I'm being that rash. So, here's what I... Isaac doesn't leave the town long. Very often. So what I propose, if you accept, is that I will send my servant, Ernest, to you in the morning. You are staying at the Blue Water still? Indeed. I will send a schedule of what Isaac's routine is every day. He's pretty punctual with his routines. And I will also provide a few bottles of wine, one of which will have a special treat for you. Slip it into his... Isaac's been known to be a hell of a drinker. He drinks several bottles of wine throughout the day. Slip the wine into his personal belongings. Just wait for him. Nothing can be connected to you. So long as you don't get caught in you. I'm assuming it's a poison bottle of wine. I would not suggest you drink it. <clears throat> Indeed. If nothing else, it's never been done before. I don't know the effects that whatever entity that he's made a deal with for this arm, but if nothing else, it'll at least weaken him. It's probably our best plan to afford him. Oh, we have a bottle of poison as well. Can we put it on the, uh, the chest? Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe it's double down? Get him fucked up with the wine and then yeah. force him to drink? Like, this is the one with the poison in it? <laughs> no wine, all boys. <laughs> so I shall send Ernest to you in the morning. Please. My green friend. How is the food? Delicious. Good. I think it's good. I like it. Tastes like cheese. I am glad. <laughs> so. Are we in agreement so we will do this? I guess so. We need votes from all the party members. Yay? Yay. What about you, Bean? Yay. Yay. Oh. Yay. 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 <laughs> I. Beaner's like. Jizz. Jazz. Jizz. Jazz. Jizz. Besides, I guess that's Morocco. No, you're getting. We're getting the, book, 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 book club. club. Oh, okay. The book so club. Packs. Frederick okay. will not be joining anymore. No, I do not believe Frederick would like our, our taste in literature. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Isaac. Well, we're killing Isaac. Guys, we're killing Isaac. Out of character, we should kill, um, oh, I can't believe I forgot his name. But we Zipper? Kill. 
No, the freaking uh, Burger Master. Say we kill him anyways. Well, you as, a, as a redemption paladin. He got to. Oh, well, maybe we don't miss yeah, I, I'd like to see him have a, you know, everybody's That's redeemable. Just as a question, since we already been to uh, the Burgermeister's house. Yes. Um, do I remember what security was like for his uh, house, I guess? You did not necessarily see security. You saw servants. Um, you met his maid and he had a butler. But you can assume that he probably has some sort of security, other than he's it. Alright. How do we want to do this then? Alright, so we just ate. We obviously, have, we have to wait till morning to get the, uh, you want the list food? of Isaac's, Isaac's it's, it's schedule. Yeah. Schedule. We want to try and, I suppose, infiltrate the other rooms of the house tonight while we're here. I mean, our resident rogue is not here, so just ask her. Hey, come around the house for a few. I really you, love your architecture. You, if you know enough about what you're looking for, you can ask her outright. Yeah, but the the whole thing is kind of misleading because of the description that says she's a staunch supporter of straw and whatever. She's not really like that. Well, her, her family, since she didn't ask that question, her family, Lavina, her great-grandmother and all that, have all been very, very supportive of Scott. Well, is there enough information to discern what it is we're looking for? What does the... What does it say? It's it said we were looking for the uh, treasure under lock and key uh, Treasure under lock and key with the bones of an ancient enemy. So that doesn't really help. She keeps the treasure under lock and key with the bones of an ancient enemy. Um. So yeah, like I don't know if we'd be able to ask her questions about an ancient enemy that her or her family has ever had qualms with. First, you can play it any way you want. (laughs) Well, first we had to come to the realization that. Our current location, the person we're talking to, is a good match for what the... Yeah, well, you could ask her about her uh, family ancestry and see if they've done any great deeds. If they did have some kind of enemy, she would probably mention killing that enemy as a thing. So, so I'll give you some information on it. The dinner's not over yet. Yeah. Yeah. Still eating and drinking. Why would so I ask? So lady, well, you don't have to ask. So was like, wait, tell me a little bit about your family history. Yes, type. I was like, because they've been talking. Yeah, yeah. so I'm like, does anyone else want to talk? I'm the fucking leader. I'm here. eating I'm food, so I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. He's the leader. Oh, well, what, what would you like to know, type? Um, I just want to know the history of your family. Um, you see a lot of pictures on the wall. I noticed that there was a portrait of you and the... Uh, I'm assuming your husband on the wall and some other people we don't know. Uh, just wanted to know, like, the general history of your family. I mean, have you always been a wits in the Velakoviches? The, the, the history between the Velakoviches and the my family, the Vachers, is long standing. 
the Velakoviches founded this town. And my family always kind of kept their distance. My ancestors centuries ago, um, my great, great, great grandmother was Lady Lavina Vacher. And she was um, a faithful servant of Straw. And as all of your previous generations all served Straw? Yes. There was a lot of hatred, especially for Lavina. When Strahd came to his power, one of his guards, Leo de Samia, he murdered Lavina's husband right in front of him. And he tried to kill Lavina as well. Um, Strahd defended her, and then he hunted de Samia down, and he punished him for his own treachery. And so the house watcher remained really distraught ever since. Makes sense. You understand that too? Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming that's the bones you need. My, my, huh? <laughs> I'm assuming that's the bones we need. Possibly. I guess. Alright, so then who's coming to the realization that this shit matters? I don't know for sure. Now, the. Cycle, you could say, kind of broke with me. My parents were supporters of Straw, but my parents died when I was much younger. And so I don't really support Straw the same way that they did. I don't defy him. But again, I don't want to upset him. Sure. It's much easier to be that willow that bends rather than <clears throat> being broken. That's fair. But we'll just say that Strahd gave my family a gift. When he killed Leo, he gave them the gift of his bones. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> there, was that good enough for you guys? <laughs> I was gonna say, like, would it even be wise to, like, tell her that we got our fortunes read by Ava and that we need bones from a wealthy woman? We don't need bones. But we just don't know. We need your bones, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we just know that the treasure is with the bones. Well, yeah, you still have the bones of Will. The bones. Yes, yes, I do actually. There, in a locked chest upstairs in my room. Why do you ask? Story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let me. How do I word that to not make it weird? <laughs> but, like, uh. Could we. Sorry, my sorry, my big work friend here. I want to see your room. My my big work friend here likes to uh, gnaw on bones, and um, 
We've been told protein. The older, the better. Oh, protein in the bones. The bone marrow, right? The marrow's big. It's dust. Yes, you're right. But again, I think transparency is the best policy here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think the bones are better kept in the box. <laughs> See, um, they, they, they might be something Strahd seemed quite avenant on. The box is like lead lined and and chained up quite well. Lead lined is fucking dude radioactive. Um. Yeah, So. Strange task about the bones. He's fucking radioactive. Full transparency. Yeah, it will. Yeah, we got it. We got a fortune told to us that basically painted the picture of this entire scenario. scenario. And we were told that in this box with the bones lies something we'd be looking for that would help us in our in our journey against Strahd. Trying to us home. Yeah, I would say. I'm not getting us home. Which involves killing Strahd. She knows it's sort of like yeah, yeah. It's, so, I'm trying to think what else is in that box. Some old dusty books. But, I mean, they weren't, they're in the box now. They didn't come with the bones, but there are some. Uh, when my parents were killed, um, I took a, a lot of stuff out of their home. And, uh,. I remember putting some some books and a few other trinkets in the box as well. We don't want to invade your privacy in any way, shape, or form, but uh, would it be possible if maybe you could check the set box and see what's in there? Do you know what you are wanting me to look for? Fortunately, we don't. Something that involves the history of dating back. Could so, be one of the books. Uh, Could be something else. I tell you what. Could be. Luke. Kill Isaac. Yes. And <laughs> I will give you all of the. With the exception of the bones. We don't want the bones. I will give you everything that's in that box. Okay. okay. And then whatever it is you're looking for, if it's there, great. If it isn't. No. It's no. Nothing loss to me. Deal. Alright. Let's go kill him. Let's go kill Isaac. Two days. Let's go kill Lobster Boy. Where's your servant? Is he still writing a list of things that Isaac's doing? Do we have to wait till morning? Give me a investigation check for your nice, keen sense of smell. What? Just do it. (laughs) Investigate your mom. Get hang your on, hang on. <laughs> I have uh, a so I can roll again. So fourteen? Fourteen. You still smell that person in the other room. <laughs> May I ask who the uh person in the room next door is? I can smell them. <laughs> oh no. That's good. You can smell them. I have a king sauce. Uh, it was an accident that happened a while back. It changed the way my olfactory glands work. Now I can smell everything. Struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah, I was struck by lightning. That would be Ernest, who 
She keeps a close watch to make sure that nothing out of the ordinary happens to me. Well, you'll meet you'll him tomorrow. In earnest. Yeah. At least you'll know him when he walks in. I'll be able to smell him from a long way. I would love to meet him and bite his hand, I mean, shake his hand. <laughs> you will meet Ernest tomorrow in the morning. He will be the one that uh, meets with you. Uh, is there anything else you would like to discuss? I think we've covered all the business that needs to be discussed at this time. You know what business it is? And I am an old lady, so I think this is where we call it our night. Yeah, but I can't. <laughs> I can give you a bottle of wine to go home with. Would you mind taking a drink from it first? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I like that. I was wondering if <laughs> you know. Maybe a little shot of brandy for everyone to raise up. And so she gives a, she gives a couple of claps. Halik comes in with <laughs> a tray with little sniffers of brandy to keep us all warm. She raises hers to each of you and she says, Here's to new beginnings for the Lockheed. New beginnings. And you all drink. She drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for her to drink first. She drank. Okay. Okay. Do y'all head back to the blue water? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. So, the you enter the blue water, and Danica goes beet soup and steaks. Yes. yes. We just had dinner. You all look very nice. Right. <laughs> you want a little brunch? All right. <laughs> And my wolf head. True. Oh, yeah. oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, my bad. He polished his armor with a bright shine. It's like fucking chrome. Yeah. <laughs> See yourself, can't you? Yeah. It's like a mirror. Y'all go straight to y'all's rooms? See. Well, yeah. well, 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 let's check on Irina. You? Yeah, fuck that, baby. Irina, Irina, bitch. Irina, bitch. <laughs> Alas. Danica, how are you? Anyone want to go hunting? She is upstairs. Has she been now? the entire time? Is she not come down? She's come down. Hey. She's, she's uh, taking rest in Mel's rooms. And I just don't want her to be, you know, alone for a long period of time. Probably oh, she, she has not been alone. You can't really fight werewolves right now. She's had plenty of company. Plus, we gotta get out of her nice, well, not you, but... That's true. Yeah. Actually, I believe she's in the room now. We'll do bid her good night for me. And Maybe these clothes will come. I'll see you in the morning. And so, do y'all take y'all's rests? I'm taking me a rest. Yeah, yes. yeah I'm taking me a rest. It's been a long fucking day, yo. It's only seven weeks. Sath, are you sleeping? Try as long as someone doesn't hit my head. <laughs> yeah, here. Wake me up. Bomb. How the fuck you could sleep in that set of armor anyway? I see you sitting up. So, Seth, <laughs> as you sleep, you start to toss and turn and become restless. 
in your arm. And you find yourself in a dream. You are enveloped in a dense swirling mist that obscures your surroundings. And as the mist clears, you find yourself transported once again into a nightmarish reenactment of a fateful event. You find yourself in the Abbey with Father Lucian as you watch as Strahd once again rips his throat out. You stand in this room, the flickering candles casting the eerie shadows on the stone wall. And then the lights go dark. The candles dim. You see Father Lucian kneeling in prayer, his countenance deeply marked by weariness and sorrow, as he is illuminated by a single spotlight. And as you look upon him, he stands up and he says, Sathra, my son, you carry a heavy burden, one I wish I could have lightened for you. My sacrifice was needed for the greater good. Your heart aches as you look upon Father Lucian, as his voice echoes through the chamber. And you feel the weight of your own helplessness, a haunting memory not only of that tragic night, but one long ago on another battlefield. You hear words come from your own mouth. Should have acted differently, Father. I could have prevented your death. The scene again replays in front of you. Leading up to Father Lucian's death, the sounds of the frenzied vampire spawn, the desperate battle with your friends around you, your inability to protect the priest torturing you as the dream plays on. And you hear Father Lucian's voice again. No, Zathriel, it was not your fault. You were following your duty just as I was. You must learn to forgive yourself. Your heart aches with overwhelming guilt and despair that you felt that night. But dream kind of forces you to confront darkness that still lingers, not just from that event, but from your past as well. The dream starts to fade and you wake, your heart heavy with grief and resolved guilt for both Father Lucian and friends of your past. The vivid recollection haunting you as you wake into the waking wall once again. As I wake, I notice I'm gripping my sword, tightening with both hands, and realizing that I've driven it into the ground. And not realizing that the sword is starting to and make me react 
And now, I know that things would not have changed no matter what. But my sword is the only thing that I can trust and have my faith in. But I don't know if the thing that I trust and have faith in is good or evil. All I know is it's what will keep me alive. And with that, I like to make sure I can keep my ways as a paladin. But I do find myself under a shadow patron of the blade. And I wake up and say, oh, wow. <laughs> and you and you and I Whew. and you and I we we share a room, so I'm pro- I probably woke up. I'm like, hey yo, yes. I will probably wake up. I'm like, hey yo, what? Uh, you just see the giant sword of wooden grounds. Uh, so you actually push it through the floor, and it's like sticking out the yeah, the roof yeah. of the fucking bottom the floor. The bar, and I was like, huh. what the fuck? <laughs> Whoa! So I yank it out of the floor, tuck it back in. Try to get some sort of rest. But hey, yo, buddy, what's up with the the yeah. sword? Two more nights. Oh, I got you. I've been writing down the moon phases. So. <laughs> so this next day, though, should be day three for weapons. Yeah, I should be ready to pick up today. So it's still night. Marina. Oh shit. As the inn's warm fire and the comforting sound of laughter from the common room below provides a. Oh, there have. Y'all went to bed early. Yeah, we did. It was like. Provides a brief respite from the press of darkness outside. You enter down into the soft bed. The sounds of Irina soft breathing. Kerfina's farts. <laughs> Claire snores, circling around you in the room. You close your eyes. You hope for a night's rest free from the haunting memories that plague you. But once again, as you drift into slumber, you find yourself trapped in inescapable grasp of your own dreams. This time, a twisted version of the church your mother had once cherished. <laughs> the familiar scent of incense mixed with the foreboding darkness as she stands alone in the sanctuary. From the shadow, a tall, imposing figure emerges, his presence absolutely unmistakable. Strive on top. His piercing crimson eyes bore into your soul as he advances, the darkness seeming to coalesce around him. With a malevolent grin, he begins to speak to you, his voice dripping with mockery. 
<sighs> Marina, my dear. His voice is almost like a purr. You still carry the weight of your mother's death, don't you? Uh-huh. The night your tainted blood drew the attention of the very church that should have protected you. You feel your fists clench, your anger, pain rising within you. You know it's just a dream, but those wounds are still fresh even after all these years. What do you say to him? Um, what do I say to Strahd? Dickhead. Um, uh, no. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Freaking. What will it cost you when I break you? And I will break you. Not if I break you first. You believe you can drive me? I don't see it. But I have no intentions of breaking you right now. I merely wish to only remind you of your vulnerability. Your mother screams as the flames consumed her were like sweet serenade to my ears. Damn! All abilities are also strengths. So keep that in mind, Mister. No. Put Marina, Marina. Your tainted blood is a gift to me. Source of power you cannot escape. I'll be watching you. I'll be waiting for the moment when you finally break. And with that, the dream dissolves. And you wake to the smell of her penis parts. <laughs> the memory of your mother's death and Strahd's taunts still clinging into the air like a ghostly presence. Um. <laughs> Oh, I told you. I'm gonna be fucking with all of y'all. <laughs> I'm ready for it to come out. So, um, I mean, yeah, so since he brought up the mom, I'm probably crying a little bit. But, so, I'll pull the covers like, closer, even tighter. Uh, so it feels like I'm a little more protected. Kind of like, I guess, uh, feeling like a little girl again. And, uh, so as your soft sobs quiet in the room, you hear another soft voice. Irina, are you okay? And you hear Irina as she kind of sips up in the bed to the side of you. Yeah, I'll be okay. Okay. Is there anything you need? Your boyfriend has stopped tormenting. 
You keep that one. Uh, Sathriel, you manage to fall back asleep. And as you drift back into yet another restless slumber, you find yourself once again in the echoing halls of your dream, reliving the tragic memory of Father Lucian's death. The misty dreamscape unfolds before you, recreating the dimly lit church, the flickering of the candles, and the spectral image of Father Lucian. And he stands and he looks at you and he says, Sathro, my son, you carry a heavy burden, one I wish I could have lightened for you. My sacrifice was necessary for the greater good. Your heart constricts as you watch the poignant scene replay, but this time a chilling presence looms in the shadows. And as the candles begin to flutter and gut out, you're plunged into a eerie darkness. And from that eerie, inky blackness, a sinister figure emerges. Strahd walks towards you, his eyes gleaming with metalites. Oh, dear Satria. A tragedy that still haunts your dreams? You blame yourself for Father Lucian's death, do you not? Do tell me, do you believe you could have saved him? At the time, I thought I could have avoided his death. But not knowing the reach of your power, I vastly underestimated him. Strahd looms closer to you, his voice almost like a seductive whisper that threatens to envelope you into it. Perhaps, dear Paladin, you could have saved him. Imagine a world where you had acted different, where you were strong enough to save the dear priest. In that world, you would not need to bear this guilt. His words weave illusions of an alternate reality where you do successfully save Father Lucian. And your mind is torn between the real memory and the fabricated one. Doubt gnaws at your resolve and your grip on truth weakens. Strahd says, Satria, my curious paladin, I've been watching your every move here in Barovia. Tell me, why did you stand idly by as Father Lucian met his gruesome end? Could it be that you wanted him to die? Your hesitation, your lack of action, speaks volumes. Perhaps you wanted to witness the pain and the despair. Maybe you're not so much different from me after all. 
Are you just another creature reveling in the suffering of those around you? A monster in the guise of a savior? How many more must suffer from your righteousness, Sathriel? And you watch as Strahd's visage distorts into a sinister grin. And the image of Father Lucian disappears. And instead you see a battlefield filled with bodies of those that you fought beside. And just as you hear his laugh, you awaken your heart heavy, but your resolve unshaken. But you hear screaming coming from the floor below. So, uh, yeah, I <clears throat> wake up and I let Sato know, uh, do you hear that screaming as I run out the room and go downstairs? Uh, and yeah, as I make my way out, I try to bang on the other doors to see if anyone else can hear as I come downstairs with me. So, as you begin to run out, you see Erwin Martikoff in the hallway. And he runs through the hallway and he says, vampires, Strahd's minions are attacking. Wake up everybody, defend yourselves. And as your characters leap from their beds and rush to the window, you witness a terrifying sight. The sky is thick with swirling masses of bats, their leathery wings blotting out the light of the moon. These bats don't act like ordinary bats. And you know that they are under Strahd's control. And they begin to descend upon the inn, scratching and biting at the windows, trying to break through. Suddenly in the room, that has Plask, Beaner, Typher, Sadal. Suddenly the window blasts from the outside. Glass implodes inwards. The window shatters in a vampire spawn. Its eyes bloodshot, its fangs bared descends into the room. Everybody. Everybody. Roll me. Wait, everyone? They're not in. Oh, well, it's just the those. Oh. Well, he's awake too. He's hearing everything. I got it. And I would think y'all would start waking up too. Yes. Since Erwin is running through the hallway. Yeah. Wait, is, is Saf in this? In here, in the room, or is it going to be a deal? Most of you are going to attack. Yeah. Like, hey, come this way. Fina's like, the fuck is going on? We're just waiting up. It's my Fina's So, as the vampire spawn enters the room, he is followed by four swarms of bats. Oh, man. Oh, man. Awesome. So, Sadal. You have 
a group of bats and some and spawn. a vampire spawn. Must. Uh, does 18 hit for the um the spawn? All right, good, good. We're going with my rapier. 13 points of damage. 13 points of damage. You hit the vampire spawn as he is coming through the window. The bats are probably going to come after me if I hit their... The bats are definitely coming after you to start with, or at least one set is. They're like, how dare you hurt our monster? I'm like, I'm going to turn you into fried chicken. And they swoop in, but they do no damage for the first one. Second set goes after you it and is. swoops in and does nothing. Oh. They're like still trying to get through the window. Third set, 17 on that, it hits. So they come in and they start biting you. And you are going to take... Please, please, they're just bats. Don't give me like 20 points of damage. They're bats. They're just bats. One. You take five points of piercing damage. And the fourth sets of bats are also swooping in after you. 12, 12, 17, they also hit. And you are going to take three. Five points of damage. Grafina. You, you have to make your way into the room, so. Yeah, so I'm just gonna use that turn to get in. You get, you have enough movement to get there. And you know, okay, how close are we? Within 30 feet? Uh, yeah. Alright, so, yeah, okay. Um, I guess let me see if I can smack a back or two. <laughs> Oh, no, fucking bats. Yeah. Alright, going after a group of bats. With what? I highly doubt a six. Six what? does not hit. Where are your add-ons? Do we have any add-ons? I rolled a four and I have a plus two. Claire is up next. Alright, let's see here. Ten. On what? Bats. Ten does not hit. Sap! Damn it. Six. Six does not hit. No matter what you're after. <laughs> Typer! You all need to right, use my crimson right to undo my. Uh, use my right here with fire damage. Alright. Okay, so we're gonna try to go for an attack with the right What are you going after? You went after the uh, spawn. Okay. Alright, so that's going to be 13 points. What kind of weapon did you just use? Right here. Alright. 
So, you take a really good swing at it, and you make a good connection, but you notice that the wound is not nearly as severe as it should be. Oh. So Ooh. your damage is hacked. Is my damage hacked? Resistant to uh, piercing damage. Mm-hmm. I don't like these points. Wait, was my damage hacked? Yeah. Fun. Come on. All right. Got my twelve points. Marina. Son of a fucking fuck. Uh, We're all still waking up, that's the problem. Yeah. Oh, the witch. That's what what did you, you do first, though? I used my crimson right to give it fire damage. So it basically makes it a natural weapon. Okay, so never mind. Yours is half, yours is not. Okay. So I got to figure out the conflict. That's when she is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so then I don't have to go? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to roll. I just, well, hang on the spell, but let's go. Uh, uh, you should check it. I don't think it might require an actual medical card. Uh, it says the target must make a constitution saving. What are you going after? I'm gonna go after Swarm 1. Swarm, Bat Swarm 1. Eldritch Blast. Well, so whichever ones are not on her, because I don't want her to be looking at the spell either. I get a nine. Uh, does not. Uh, yeah. uh twelve. Fresh. So, did not pass one of these. Shoot. Oh lord. Oh, I got a five. So five damage. Uh, frostbite on the smith. All right. So swarm number one. It's nice little. How much damage? What does that 17 mean at the very top? That is what the initiative was on that. Alright. The vampire spawn is going to go for attack. And it is going to go after Typher. It is going to go with you first with its claws, and it misses. It is going to go for a bite attack next. 25. You take 9 piercing damage. Oh shit, there's a quad there. Plus. Seven necrotic damage. What the fuck? It do be like that. It do be like that. All right, Mainer is up. All right, let's see. Yeah. Why not? I'm going to change. 14. On which? I will also go after a swarm. I'll, I'll say. Okay. Swarm. It hits a swarm. <laughs> Are you going after swarm one or a different swarm? Swarm one, just because they're a little frosty now and they're easier to hit. Okay. Seven uh, piercing damage. Seven piercing damage? All right. I didn't realize they were that close together. Plask! 
Be a man. Okay, I'll go after the vampire swarm. Yes, please. I'm gonna try to sweep them. Alright. Yeah. Everybody, everybody go after the vampire spawn. He's doing big boy damage. Okay, let's see. What kind? Um, okay. Ow! Fuck you! Uh, can I say PC 13? Gets an 8. Okay, he is tripped. Fuck the bitch. So he's prone? Yeah. 16 points of damage. Alright. Leo is up. Alright, so Leo is gonna try to take a swipe at the vampire's arm. And he is going to. Everyone's got piercing weapons. What the fuck? <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Alright, so he's gonna try to use his rapier to do it. Alright. So he rolls a 19. That's a hit. Since there are plenty of people in the room who are enemies, he's also gonna use his uh, sneak attacks. It's two extra two pieces. Oops. As many as a, many points of damage we can, so we're gonna get half in. Eighteen. So that's nine. Eighteen. So nine points. Can you guess this one? Would this one be from the other damage on? Oh, since he's a, yeah, since he's a pro. You should. <clears throat> oh, I didn't realize he's pro. Doesn't matter. Right? Is he pro? Yes, he tripped him. But am I pro? And about this time, yeah. Irina is going to come in with her sword as well. Oh, hi, Irina. Irina, Irina, bitch. I keep forgetting she can actually fight. All right, and she is going to take a swing at the vampire spawn with her sword. She misses. Yikes. She's still getting the sleep out of her eyes. <laughs> yes. Listen, we all are. Say it all. You're up. Listen, we all are. We're all trying to think. Does 15 hit for the spawn? Yes, it does. Okay, good. Good. I'm gonna go. I want to use my fucking ear of the rapier type. Yes. Eight points of damage. All right. What did you used to do it with? Right here. So four points. Yes. Was it with the boat the swarm and swarm? No, the swarms are just bats. Oh. All right. The swarms are probably about to swarm me. The swarm. The bats are flopping around everywhere. They are going. One is going to go after Marina. Oh, <laughs> I'm chilling. What is that? 16. Okay, so I won't even bother adding the, <laughs> the bonus. 
Um, so it's going to go after you with a bite. Two D fours. You take six points of piercing damage. Swarm number three is going to go after Claire. Sixteen. Does not hit. Okay. Uh, swarm number four is going to go after Sathriel. 17. 21. Damn it. Shit. It hits. It's going to go for a bite on you. Where? Where the fuck I know it. <laughs> Three. You take four points of piercing damage. It tried to bite you and it ended up getting stuck in your eye food, so now you got to take it out. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. a bat hanging out of your yeah, it's flapping right there in the visor. That's literally the only way it would be able to yeah, attack. Like you. Slapping your eye with this wing and stuff like that. Scratch. One, two, three, four damage. They're mini bats. They're smaller than you think. That looks like they got Kerfina, you're up. Hi. Um, the bats are still prone, so I have advantage. Fourteen oh. ahead. Thank you. Does not hit. Oh wait, wait, that doesn't hit. Oh, that doesn't hit. <laughs> Alright. God damn! Claire is up. Uh, Wisdom save on the... Uh, spawn. <laughs> <laughs> it fails miserably. Wisdom? Yeah. Three. Yes. <laughs> it is not the smartest. <laughs> well, he's about to take ten points or ten, three points of uh, Toll the Dead damage, so. Alright. Whoa, whoa, Toll the Dead? I didn't know you had Toll. Um, Claire, you know, she had Where's Mill's <laughs> About this time, the glass in the rest of the window of the room busts out. In a large black shape and a flurry of what sounds like wings comes rushing through the window opening. Hey, Strong. It is a swarm of ravens with coming home. It is not. Batman's <laughs> here. A sudden gust of wind rushes through the room, and the sound of beating wings is accompanied by a large, it looks like a raven, but it is the size of each of you. It's proven. It stands on two legs and it has arms in which it holds a long sword. And it looks around and says, looks like y'all could use a hand in here. Mind if I join the party? Hi, Krovid. Hi. It's not Krovid. I know. Let's go. Let's go. You barely have time to register this bird's presence. Sure, come in. When it takes a swing at the vampire spawn. The vampire spawn explodes. <laughs> oh, God. 
Also, Dad, how is it and fair it that you get to tell her that definitely makes contact. <laughs> Yay! Is it dead? Please tell me it explodes. And the spawn takes 11 points of damage. Hell yeah. Sathriel, you're up. Come on, my man, hit it. Ten. Um, yeah, I was going after the vampire spawn with a ten. Ten does not hit. Yeah. Typher. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Well, folks. Is he still prone? Yeah. He is still prone for the moment. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm to steer his ass while he's still in the flow. Let's see what we got here. We got... This is so hard to read. It's 19s. That's gonna hit. 19 is. Sword is still imbued with fire damage. Alright. And so we do a good... 7 points of damage. Alright. Oh, I'm sorry. 7. 12. 12. Alright. Die, motherfucker! Marina! What are you after? You got four swarms and a vampire spawn. On who? On what? Uh, the the best. Twelve hits. Okay. Whew. Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Um. Okay, seven. Seven points of damage? Yeah. Sorry, I said that was really bad. Uh, ten points of damage. Alright. I'll go after the same one I went before last time, sorry. So the vampire spawn is going to go for its attack. And it is going to go after Leo. And it instantly tries to sink its teeth into Leo's neck. Hyper sticks his leg out as he's running over. <laughs> Give me a. As we are standing next. Roll to hit. See if you can. It's an opportunity attack. We are next to him, so. <laughs> so as it rushes past you to get to Leo, you trip it and it hits the ground. And it misses, it does not make contact. But instead, now it's pissed and it's going to try to claw Leo as it's on the ground. <laughs> Leo, step on his face. <laughs> Come on, Leo, step on the fucker. 23 to hit. Jeez. And Leo <laughs> is going to take. You should take his foot, right? And the asteroids. Six. Six. Six points of slashing damage. Okay. So you lost a toe or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just one, one toe. Your pencil. No. All right. Beaner is up. Uh, 17, obviously, hitch. No, it's a uh, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 90, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20
Seven. Which spawn? Which bats are you going? Same one. Oh. Uh, well, since Marina is taking care of the one who'll go after the second. Uh, think of that. Alright. The initiative, you getting the demi bunny? You know what? And you said seven? Alright. Plask! Uh, I guess I'll take a swing at the vampire song. Alright. Does a 14 hit? 14 does not hit. Leo is up. Okay, so, okay. Leo's pissed off that he just lost the toast. Yeah. He's about to fucking pump the shit out of this one. Yeah. Come on, Leo. Hit it. So he's gonna generate his psychic blades. Oh man, that's right. what I was gonna Alright. Alright, so on his first psychic blade... Okay, so it'll be the same thing as a guy. So that would be... Oh yeah, he's rolled to 18. 18? Yep, so he's going to do... Which swarm are you going after? There's four. Alright, so let's go up to swarm four. And he's going to do... Six points of damage with the first blade. Okay. And he's going to roll the attack for a second blade. He rolls an at one. So he ain't getting shit. So six points of damage? Yep. <laughs> All right, Irina is going to try again. So she is going to go after swarm three of bats. She gets 19 plus seven. That's definitely a hit. The eight. She hits him for seven. Saddle. Saddle. The spawn ain't dead. Yeah, the spawn well. is not dead. <laughs> it is still currently on the floor. Let's see if I can do it. Does. 16 hits. 16 hits. Five points of psychic damage. Sadal. How do I want to do How do you want to do this? Hell yeah. I'm using my psychic blade, so, um, I take my blade and I fucking dab at its fucking skull. <laughs> it's taking all sorts of psychic damage because it's also taking brain damage. So as you brain fuck <laughs> this mindless <laughs> vampire spawn, it disintegrates into dust. And it is gone. Oh, so cute. So cute. All right, our big priority is gone now. Everyone go ahead and start fucking up these bats. So, as the bats swarm around you, the chaos in the Blue Water Inn reaches a crescendo. And as you clash and kill the vampire spawn. You hear cries of panic downstairs, and you hear the door of the Blue Water Inn fly open, and a chilly gust 
of wind comes up the stairs and into the room that you were in. And you look for a quick glance, Marina, out the door, down the stairs, and you see the entrance of Strahd von Zarovich. His silhouette framed by the moonlight outside. His crimson eyes gleam with a predatory hunger. The room downstairs falls silent as Strahd glides in, his black cape billowing behind him. He moves with the grace of a predator, each step echoing through the end like a sinister melody. And everyone is caught between their fight with various creatures and the presence of the Dark Lord himself. Everybody is tensed with a mixture of fear and determination. You see as Strahd's gaze sweeps across the room, taking in all the scene of chaos. You see as he smirks, the corner of his lips curling upwards in amusement. You hear he says, oh my, 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 lovely gathering. I do hope I'm not interrupting anything of any importance. The air thickens with the presence of Strahd as he continues to walk, his heavy boots echoing on the wooden floors. Ignoring the chaos and the fighting around him, he heads straight up the stairs. That will Hide Irina. And you hear Danica's voice shout out, Strahd, you are not welcome here. However, undeterred, Strahd ascends the stairs with a unhurried pace. Okay, yay, he, did, he didn't hurt Danica. The flickering candlelights cast an eerie glow on his pale, aristocratic features. Your were-raven ally watches him with weary intensity, ready to strike if needed. Strahd enters the upper floor of the Blue Water Inn, his cape sweeping behind him as he casts long, intimidating shadows into the dim-lit hallway. The were-raven stands beside you, his eyes never leaving Strahd. Strahd looks at each of you in the room. He goes, oh, my brave champions. I must admit, you've managed to entertain me thus far. He pauses, his eyes scanning each of you with a mixture of both amusement and curiosity. Let us converse. He clicks his fingers and four swarms of bats head out through the window. They don't go far, they linger right outside the window. I do enjoy the company of mortals, particularly those who challenge the inevitable. I hate to join <laughs> Stop. I have to say at least once. Strahd's eyes lock on you, Sadel. I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. Ah, Sadel. 
my dear Dampier. You've grown so defined. I, I have. Embrace your nature, child of the door. And this struggle could go so much easier for you. And then he turns his head and he looks at you, Typher. <laughs> he want? I like the throat. He wants to see the throat. You are a potential ally. After all, we share a kinship with the moon, do we not? He looks at Marina. Marina, Marina, a wielder of magic. Such power you possess. Imagine what you could achieve under my guidance. The secrets I could unveil for you. Is that a red for years and years? His eyes then turned to Kerfina. Ah, death's faithful servant. But even death bows down to me in the end. Would you not prefer to serve a master who transcends mortality itself? And here I was about to ask you the same thing. We have some fire in him. I admire that. I will hate it when I have to kill him. He looks at Plask. A simple warrior. Your strength is commendable. But it pales in comparison to the power I could bestow upon you. Why settle for mediocrity? And you could be beside me. But I could give you so much more power. And he looks at Leo, and he looks also back at Sadel. He says, clever rogues, always dancing in the shadows. But even the shadows can be tamed. Join me. And you wield shadows that can bend to your every whim. He looks at Beaner. Beaner, hunter of the wild. Why struggle against the inevitable? The wilderness bows to my will. Imagine the dominion you could have over the creatures of the night. And finally, after talking to each of you, his eyes fix upon the were-raven, whose eyes are fixed back. Oh, and what do we have here? A creature of the night, but not one that I'm familiar with. How intriguing. And the were-raven stands tall, his eyes meeting strides with a mix of both defiance and caution. He says, I stand with them, Strahd, and against you. Strahd kind of chuckles. 
Ah, uh, a wild card in the deck. How unpredictable. Even wild cards can be played to my advantage. And then from behind, against the wall, he sees Claire. And his eyes kind of brighten for just a moment. So, a celestial child. How fascinating to see such a being of such divine radiance in this dreary realm. Tell me, Claire, does the light that emanates from you dispel the darkness within Barovia? Or does it merely highlight the pervasive nature? Does the light cast shadows of doubt? Perhaps you question your divine purpose of your divine gifts in a land that's so forsaken by the gods. Consider it, Claire. The people of Barovia suffer. Their prayers go unanswered by silent gods. The divine light you wield brings salvation. Join me. Together, we could reshape this realm into something more palatable. And he extends his hand to Claire, as if offering her a choice. Stand with me, join me. Witness the tangible impact of your divine abilities. Heal not just bodies, but the very fabric of this desolated land. Together we could usher a new era, free of the shadows that cling to Barovia's soul. What say you? Say you. Yes. No. <laughs> Nobody got nothing to say to you, Strong. Oh, my dear playthings. This dance is an exhilarating. But this night is still young. And Barovia waits my presence. But consider this uh, a brief reprieve, my children. Your struggles, it amuses me. But do not fret. We'll meet again under the moonlit tapestry of fate. And he starts turning to walk out. And he stops. And he raises his hand. And he turns back. Beaner. Yes. And at that moment, you lock eyes and stride. Oh no, don't, don't, don't. You're, you're charmed. Whoops. You're charmed. Oh my god, you're all over uh, Strahd now. Give me a, a, a saving throw. Let's see what you're giving me. Yeah, it's going to be a 20. I'm pretty sure it's a constitution, but let me make sure on that. Uh, it's not good anyway. Wisdom. Wisdom saving throw? Yep. What do I get to get the pass? Why not? Give oh, me a roll. You needed a 17. It is. So, Strahd walks over to him. So, Beaner, Beaner. I smell the forest on you. 
and it's quite tasty. I think I might take you with me. But first, allow me to have a bite. Oh no. And Strahd. Robert's gonna say what does happen? I can say no. I got Sadol's got Sadol's got his camera, he's watching his like violence. No. Can we stop those at all? You can try. I mean, could definitely try no, if you want. No, 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 no. Who wants to take a swing on? Not me, not me, not You me. watch as Strahd bites Beaner on the neck, his eyes fixed on each of you as he takes long droughts of Beaner's substance. You watch as Beaner's normally lively complexion starts to pale. His eyes close. And he faints. Oops. And Strahd says, he he finishes, he wipes his mouth. He says, it's tasty. I'll have a nightcap later. What did it taste like? He picks up Beaner and kind of throws him over his shoulder. And he clicks his finger, and all of a sudden you feel heat emanating from the room, as if a furnace has just been turned on. And without any warning, a whole black horse apparates in front of you. It has burning, firelit eyes, its mane and its tail, and the tufts of hair at its hooves glow with fire and emanates heat. It stomps its hooves and it snorts heated breath upon each of you. And you watch as Strahd places Beaner's body over the rump of this horse, and he mounts the horse himself. And he says, until we meet again, my chosen adversaries. And he slaps the horse on the neck, and in a blink, the horse is gone. I'm thinking I was going to use Mage Hand to try to push Beaner off the horse. I was reading on Mage Hand to see if I could, I know I can't hold anything or grab anything, but I was going to try to use it to push. As he, as his presence is gone, the four swarms of bats return. Oh! Oh, come on. And the were-raven is up. At least, he, at least he didn't kill the were-raven. That's good. And he is going to go after the first swarm. He, he was a, and he hits. And he's a great biggie. It rolled well. Surprisingly well. And swarm one takes five points of damage, and the bats fall to the ground. Yay! They are gone. All of them are just one swarm? Just the one swarm. You have swarm two, swarm three, and swarm four left. Well, Sathriel is up. 
kick the masks. Yeah, nine. Nine does not hit. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Typer. Typer says. <laughs> Alright, so it's four three. And we're gonna roll. I'm gonna re-roll that. Doesn't matter. Can't do shit. Marina! All right, uh, I have you do a constitution saving throw. For which all of them, or? Uh, I'll go for the second. Second. Constitution, 15. Okay, you guys. Flask! Well, that may be very effective, but I will take a swing at the bat. No. Mm -hmm. What is happening? Like, we lost our mojo because we just let Straw take one of our guys yeah. and did nothing about it. Yeah. Right. Leo's up. Leo says relax. So he's going to go after I Swarm 3 as well. And he's going to yep. try to hit it with the rapier. And he gets a 17. So that's definitely 17 is ahead. And so he's going to do 1d8 plus 5. So, seven, and then he's going to do his attacks. Eighteen points. Eighteen total? Yep. And the bat's second swarm falls down. Cool. Don't say your bat's still in the Poor Irina is going to go for a hit. On swarm number four, she still got sleep in her eyes. Say it all. You just go through that entire encounter without Scott even acknowledging her. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, hide Irina, hide Irina, because. She was hiding behind me. Yeah, Irina was hiding behind Sathril. Yeah, uh. I'm not even gonna think. Um, the 16 hit for the bats. Yes. Are you going for two or four? Uh, which one has the least amount of hit points? I can't you? tell you that. Fuck. Second one. All right, second one. I'm like trying to think. I'm trying to think logically, cause like if I go in with my rapier, it's only gonna hit like one bat. How do How do I attack? No, you swarm? hit a swarm. You know, you hit the swarm, but. This whole swarm is counted as in yes. So I'm gonna swing. I'm gonna swing my rapier. I'm gonna swing my rapier. I'm gonna be like, all right, we'll do it. Five points of damage. All right. I probably killed a few of them, but not all of them. Not all. All right. Some of them. So the bats are gonna come in for an attack. Swarm number one is going to go after Sadel. Of course. It would be nice. I'm 17 gonna... hits. No, no, it would be nice. They're going to come in for a bite on you. Of course. Five points of piercing damage. Okay. Swarm number two is going to go after Plast. 13 does not hit. They're just loving your loincloth, dude. Kerfina! Alright, I'm kind of murder. I do so. Um. 
Like, is the last two thing of bats, like, within five feet of each other? No. <laughs> one is hovering uh, around Sadal, the other one is over by Plask. And you don't want to hit either one of them. Well, I can choose they're as not, as they're in, yeah, in range. They're not. Yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna try. 14? 14 hits. God. Are you going after two or three, uh, four? Okay. <laughs> you go for it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, nine damage. Of Eldritch Blast. Alright. Clara's up. Oh. Brain brain dead. Hold on. Uh, wisdom saving through for the same group. Alright. Six. Oh, yeah. Six points of damage. Six. Alright. I'm pulling it up. Alright. So the raven is gonna go for an attack on the swarm. Number two. And just barely hits. And that swarm of bats is decimated. Sap, you have one swarm of bats left. That is over by Plask. Let's kill something. Uh, nine. Nine does not hit. Tyber. Twenty hits. And the final swarm of bats litters the ground Yay. in front of you Yay. with class going. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and as you look at the corpses of the bats, the were-raven looks out the window to make sure that there's nothing else. He says, well, he may be gone for now, but Strahd is ever-present. We must all remain vigilant. Thank you for- I'll never forget the sacrifices that being made. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, I yeah. am a friend. That is all you need to know right now. And you fought well, my brave compadres. We faced the Lord of the Darkness himself. We lived to tell the tale. Yeah, but we let him take one of our own. Do anything. Well, he didn't kill him. That is a good sign. We're all just trying not to look him. The fact that he did not kill your friend is a good sign. It means that there's hope. Usually, he just kills Salkright. But, you know, Strahd is powerful. But remember, he feeds on fear and doubt. And you have proven, for the most part, that your unity and resolve are stronger than his tricks and his taunts. The night may be long, but dawn will come. And with it, the next chapter of this dark tale. Mm-hmm. Are, are you promised with the, are you done with the blue feathers? 
she okay? Last time I saw her, she was riding a new tree. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Like what? I'll keep my eyes out. And then he walks over to the window. He says, our paths will indeed cross again. You can be sure of it. What is your name? Just know that I am a friend. He, he is Burby. And with that, you watch as his shape changes. And he begins to shrink into the form of a jet black raven. And he spreads his ebony wings, casts a final look over you one last time as he hops onto the broken window. The moonlight catches a glimpse of his inky feathers and he emits a soft, reassuring caw. With a few powerful strokes of his wings, he takes flight and ascends into the night sky. He circles the area for a moment, a dark silhouette against the moonlit clouds as if providing a final protective glare. And then with one last caw, he disappears into the darkness. Flying rats. Rats with wings. Maybe we should get meat for stew, man. Probably go downstairs and Probably assess down. what's happened down there. Yeah, I was about to say we should go check on Derek. Should we still stand? I'm sure. Start rounding up all the bandits. So, as you make your way down the stairs, you see that there are a few bodies of bats some piles of dust that make it look as if maybe there were a few vampire spawns down there as well. And you see another were-raven figure. This one appears to be female. And you catch a brief glimpse as this one also changes into the form of a small raven. This one has blue-tipped wings. Friend, it's your baby. As she flies out the out the door. It's your it's your baby girl. Luigi. Luigi. You see Danica and Irwin as they start making around the room, picking up chairs, uprighting tables. And they seem relieved when they see you that you are all okay. Does anyone need healing? I do. Oh, I'll, I'll go around and help them. Well, I'm talking about them. them. We get healed when we sleep, but not necessarily them. Well, Danica's like, I think we all fared pretty well. The boys were hidden, and we had some help down here. How did y'all fare upstairs? Lost one of our own. Just lost one. No. He's not dead. Just right. Oh, thank God. Yeah, okay. Well, you said lost. I, I, I assumed. Is he all right? Death may be a better alternative. You can't stuck in the grass with <laughs> You mean Strahd took him? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my lord. <sighs> 
Well, that means he'll be in the castle. Our, our wine supplies are getting a little bit depleted, but let me go get y'all some bottles. I'm sure y'all could use some liquid strength. She hurries and, and goes back, and Erwin kind of gives a wave. He walks over and he's like, what kind of shape is the room in? I mean, the window's busted. That's okay. Busted window, missing dead bats. Oh, we'll get that all taken care of. Other than that, uh, you know, considering that he summoned a giant flaming horse in the middle of the bedroom, it's in pretty good shape. <laughs> he kind of shakes his head. He says it's always a bit disturbing when that happens. Well, man, it's pretty cool. I mean, at least uh, the horse didn't shit in the middle of the room. Strong could... may be an asshole, but he's definitely got stuff. It's a flaming <laughs> We'll we'll make sure that the rooms are are straightened back up for you guys. Oh, that's, that's fine. I'll work. Here, use a nice He's got the Light snack. You you want me to get you some soup or some steak? Beet soup. Beet soup. Oh, yeah. Please, 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 please. Alright, we'll get started on that and get you some food. Took a little bit of damage there. Need to get my strength back up. Yeah. Cure wounds. Oh, the fact that Strahd went up there, we we were busy with our own battles down here, but... Anyone else? If, if you could say that it's a little damage from Strahd... How many points do I get? I think that's a win. So he, yeah, I think we got, got away with that pretty... I mean, it was probably seconds away from lunging at Strahd, and that may have been a bad idea. Yeah, lunging at Strahd would probably be unforgivable. It is going to take a friend. It's going to do anything to Strahd tends to have that effect on people. Next time I see him, I won't be so afraid to take a swim at his mother. Yeah, maybe I'll pay for it, but I'll just feel better about it. Understood. Let me go get started on some stuff in the kitchen for you guys. Go ahead and have a seat. Lick your wounds. This night is almost over, thank God. So Erwin brings you all soup and bread and steaks. Yay! I guess it's the soup du jour. Yes, it's the soup du jour. And he, Danica comes with some bottles of wine. Don't forget, we need to go to Lucid's bar to get more wine for him. Yeah. She says. I appreciate you remembering that. Yeah. We are starting to get a little bit low. Yeah, I uh, keep in mind. I keep you guys in mind. Okay. Let me see if point five on that. Six, seven. Gives you almost eight. What what level are y'all currently? Four. 
Devil Foe. Super you know Saiyan what? Foe. Which now in the morning we should be meeting up with Welcome to level five. Ba, ba, da, ba. After, after that uh, encounter, that bump y'all just barely over. Okay, right here. That's. Level five, you get nothing. Second attack. Second attack? Second minute. I get nothing, I think. Five. Yeah, don't get shite. Yep, extra attack. Hell yeah. Yay! Well, at least it gives y'all extra. Yeah! And we get extra hit points. I was about to say, at least y'all get extra hit points. I'll take and it. you I'll get an extra hit dice, so. Mm-hmm. Also, look, it's Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Christmas themed. I'm never changing my fucking icon on that. It's so beautiful. So as y'all are sitting in the inn, and you see as the murky daylight starts shining through the windows, the door opens and a man comes in and leo instantly recognizes this man that comes in as the guy that he saw lurking in the alley watching when you had your incident with the burgomaster He's a a tall, lanky man. He wears a kind of a thread-borne suit. And he sits down at a nearby table. Danica walks over and um, he orders breakfast. And she says, I'll get that for you. And she brings him over a glass of wine, some bread, and some beet soup. And you hear him say, as she walks off, kind of looks in y'all's direction, he says, such a shame, this inn does not carry coffee. Wonderful foreign drink that I purchased once from a Gestani caravan. Very good stuff. Doesn't have ale either. Sad. Ale would be nice for a breakfast as well. And he sits and he eats his his breakfast. He says, after he eats, he goes, I believe that we all have some business to discuss. Who the hell are you that has any business with us? My name is Ernest. You should be expecting me. Or should be expecting you on this one? Expecting, not inspecting. Is that expecting? Okay. Well, for Indeed. He comes with the rain. Miss Vacher sent me. You don't have time for this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> we literally talked. Well, then I will walk out and I will tell Miss Butcher that Apologies. We just had a run in the strand and things. So we're a little honored right now. Understandable. So Ernest, what can you tell us? Well I've got 
some goodies for you. He pulls out two bottles of wine. And he looks at the bottles of wine that you have on the table already, and he says, I highly suggest you don't make the mistake of mixing this up. And puts the two bottles of wine in front of you. So I should mark the bottom of these or something. Uh, it should do frostbite on wine. He's like, eh. Oh, no, like Cross the board. He says, So, I've been tasked with providing you a schedule of Isaac's movements. It's still early, so you have plenty of time to make preparations. It does not necessarily have to be today doesn't have to be tomorrow. It's pretty regular with the schedule day to day, correct? His schedule is very precise every day. He starts his day at about 11 a.m. And I've been stalking Isaac myself. I was unable to learn the inner going-ons that happened within the Burgomaster's house. I have to only rely on the information once Isaac leaves the residence. At 10 or 11 a.m., Isaac comes out from his drunken stumper and he takes from my understanding, from talking to the butler that works at the Burgomaster's home, that he takes his breakfast in the kitchen at the Burgomaster's mansion. And there he's usually met by two guards. And he gives them his morning report. About 11.30, accompanied by the two guards, he travels to the Western Sunset Gate here in town. And then he goes to the Northern Zarevich Gate. And then he goes over to the Eastern Morning Gate. There he gets all the reports from the guards. And he inspects the town's defenses. At 1 p.m., he is delivered a meal by the Baron's cook. And he is given two bottles of wine. This usually happens at the Velaki Town Square. He sits, he eats his lunch, and he begins drinking the first bottle of wine. While the two guards that he's been patrolling with patrol the surrounding area. At 2 p.m., him and the two guards go and visit some of his spies. These are not spies. These are merely people that live in town that like to tattle on their neighbors about <clears throat> malicious unhappiness. What's your parents? Yeah. At 4 p.m., him and the two guards travel again to the sunset, the Zarevich, and the Morning Gate to receive the reports 
and inspect the town's defenses again. At 5.30, he usually dismisses the guards. And he travels alone to one of a dozen different haunts scattered throughout the town. And he spends the remainder of the evening drinking the second bottle of wine. And then at 10 p.m., he returns to the mansion and he takes his evening meal and then he goes to his bed. Sounds to me like we should try to get try to get these to him. Pass that to her. When not to you, to when he makes his when he gets his uh, delivery. Yeah. Two bottles of wine. Yeah. Yeah. But now we just don't know whenever he's going to consume the right bottle. So we have to, I would say, watch him. Try to be on watch at lunchtime and then again at 10 30, 10 o'clock when he's screaming at his expletives. I mean, we can try to get it to get the blocky camp to give it to him. Get the, the what? Not the blocky camp, but wherever he gets, whoever gives him his bottles at the camp, or you know, if we can. It's from his cook, right? That's from the Baron's cook, Tessa. Deliver, deliver the lunch. His lunch, his the yeah. bottles of water included, so we can somehow we, we swap want, those out. Yeah, of these bottles are going to split. There's something different. They look exactly the same. Or? The two bottles I just gave him, yeah. they're both poison. Oh, they're both? Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Hence why you don't want to mix them up. Okay, here. Yeah. 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 So, my future. Yeah, so, be yeah. so, I have a. So, because of my background being a haunted one, um, the common folk fear me, but when they look into my eyes, they uh, they might fear you. Commoners will extend you every courtesy and do their utmost to help you. So, I can try to go talk with the cook, the baron's cook, see if we can. Yeah. Or we could be like vintage one. I said we could we could put it off as like, hey, this is uh, you know, here's your delivery from, you know, Sorry, but as a paladin, is it? I am not the deceitful type. <laughs> Remember, he, if he is nothing else, he is a creature of habit. Yeah. If you try to deliver the wine. He is not going to accept it. No, no, no. He gets the wine delivered to him, right? So we put it in the basket of the wines that he's already getting and just trade those wines out for our... Okay, I thought she said you would deliver. No, 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 no. Be like, give it to whoever's giving him. The Baron's cook. Okay, so we can give it to the... Yeah, so I can try to go see the Baron's cook. Or we can just sneak in. You ready to jump back in? Yes. <laughs> You're set? Did you get y'all's level fives all set up? Yeah, yeah. pretty simple. Yeah. I got major armor now. I can use them whenever I want. Nothing happens. Hell yeah. So I'm always going to cast major armor every morning. Might as well. Yeah, because it doesn't take, it's, it's considered a cantrip, um, and it doesn't consume components. So every morning I wake up, major armor. Okay, I'm good. Let's jump back into this shit. 
<laughs> All right. So Ernest gives you the schedule, and then he puts his hat back on. He says, I bid you well. And his lanky ass walks out the door. Goodbye. Leaving you with two bottles of poisoned wine. Alright, so now I'm back to bed. Well, yeah, what, what time is it? It is about 6 37 o'clock. Fuck y'all, I'm taking a nap. Because y'all got up early. We can, we can head over to the uh, weaponsmith and pick up our weapons. Oh, yeah, today's the day, huh? Those are like, yeah. Today's the day. Those are, I've been counting down the days. That's uh, <laughs> I think that's the order doesn't give me shit today. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, man. You, yeah. You were told to go pick it up and uh, you weren't there, so you got sold it off to someone else. Yep. I'll hold on to it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine, Mike. We'll go back to the blacksmith. I already paid you. I know he has the two short swords, but can you make me a great axe? <laughs> Where's my... Oh, you, got a, you got a silver 12 over there, Bruce? So is that where yeah. you're, you're heading? Yeah. Y'all, y'all go with that? Yeah, that's a weapon smooth. Mm-hmm. 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 So you find the store door open, and you walk in, and you see Waylon at the. Or just just Waylon. Just Waylon. He's a Waylon on the <laughs> steel <laughs> that he's he's playing with. Top of the morning, Waylon. Brought you coffee. Hey, morning. And by coffee, we mean something warm. It's probably just we, warm. We yeah. still say the hell with the burgomaster? Every day, we can warm. All right. Oh. I bet y'all are looking some for some weapon, aren't y'all? Damn right. So, you guys, hang on. Let me go get it out of my safe room. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, use. He comes out. He's got two bone rapiers. Just give me the damn weapon. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a little. Sorry, Our our players are bums and didn't show up, so we're gonna pause this session till next time. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Until, Until next, next time, time America. <laughs> Alright. We can just kind of sit back and relax. Turn it off. Talk stuff. We talk shit.